Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. And I want to bring this up. I just feel led by the Spirit, even before I get into the Word today and my prepared message. Remember, abortion is either right or it's wrong. It's that simple. It's not about early term or late term, and we went into some of that last week. But I need you to understand, it's either right or it's wrong. And if Ben Carson, if Ben Carson can say, look, I have operated on babies while they're still in the womb before birth, and they are very much alive, I think that's a pretty credible doctor. He's in the president's cabinet. I believe personally that life begins at conception. There's a sperm cell and there's an egg cell. They're both alive and they come together. And I believe that is a living organism and it is alive. It is a I don't know if that's when the soul of the human is, comes into that fertilized egg cell. I don't know, but I believe life begins right then, okay? So abortion is either right or it's wrong, and you're hearing a lot of stuff. And today, even in this message, I'm going to remind you that you need to educate yourself on things. Know how to defend yourself. Know how to defend your faith. Know what you believe. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't just agree with CNN or Fox or MSNBC, especially MSNBC, right? Don't agree with those folks. Just because it's there, because it's on magazine covers, because the Hollywood actors and stars are doing it. Let me tell you something. Hollywood always brought in a new wave of, of sin throughout every generation. They were always doing stuff before the general crowds were doing them. Okay? Doing drugs, drinking, taking benzodrine pills or speed or meth. They were doing that long before other people were doing that. They were doing cocaine long before other people were doing that in Hollywood. So they're not a good example. You need to find out what you believe according to the word, okay? So I just wanted to give you that today as your pastor and your friend and your elder brother in the faith. And today ask yourself, how does this message relate and speak to me? The title today is From Outcast to Hero. Outcast to Hero. The gentleman I'm going to be speaking about, some of you have never heard of him. We're going to be referring to Judges chapter 11. His name is Jephthah. See if you can say that. Say Jephthah. I guess for short, he's just Jeff with a J-E-P-H. Kind of weird. But Jephthah. Okay? We're going to start reading here in Judges chapter 11, verse 1. Follow along on the screens, and I'm going to read right here. Now, Jephthah of Gilead was a great warrior. Everybody knew he was a fighter. He was a great warrior. He was a son of Gilead, all right, but his mother was a prostitute. Interesting story. Some of you have never heard of this story. Some of you have. If so, we're going to refresh your memory. He was the son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. Now, Gilead's wife, his regular wife, interesting story, right? We don't know all the details. She also had several legitimate sons. And when these half-brothers grew up, guess what they did? They chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said, for you are the son of a prostitute. Jephthah's already starting off at a severe disadvantage, isn't he? Some of us have controversial backgrounds. Some of us have backgrounds shrouded in mystery or in controversy or, or we made mistakes or there was sin or maybe it wasn't even... That wasn't his choice. His mom was a prostitute. He, you don't get to choose your parents, right? Not usually unless you're adopted or you're praying for your parents. And they, he didn't get to choose his parents, so his mom was a prostitute. You would agree that he was disadvantaged, especially in this situation here. And that you know what the brothers were doing? They were saying there'll be more inheritance for us if we run him off. 
Instead of dividing the inheritance by five, six, or seven, we'll cut one down and we'll get more for us. So out you go. Your mom was a prostitute, even though they had the same dad. So they ran him off. All right? When they ran him off, verse 3 says, Jephthah fled from his brothers, and he lived in the land of Tob. And soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. (laughs) That's kind of interesting in the New Living Translation, isn't it? He had a band of worthless rebels following him. One translation says that they would go out and raid at times. So they were warriors. They were worthless rebels, but they followed him, and he was practicing his warrior skills. All right? They would go out and attack maybe, I don't know, Ammonites, different ites, ites, ites mentioned, Philistines. We don't know, but they would go out and attack and raid. I guess that's how he made his living. So we see point one today that Jephthah, his background was controversial. It was controversial. Whose isn't in some way, right? Somebody can always point back to something we did in our past or something we were born into. See, he didn't choose it once again. Or they could even say, man, your mom was a prostitute. Now you're leading a bunch of worthless rebels. So he's a little controversial. Questionable. And it's interesting, though, that the name Jephthah actually means one whom God has set free or one who breaks through. One whom God has set free. So my question to you today, you may not like the name, and I'm not going to call you Jephthah, but don't you want to be someone whom God has set free? One who breaks through? How many of you have something in your life you need to break through already? Go ahead and raise your hand. Be honest. You're among friends and family today. You say, man, I need to get through this already. God needs to do something in my health, in my life, my relationships, my personal time, my private time, uh, a secret I'm hiding. God needs to break through in this area and deliver me. He's got to work this out. I'm praying. I'm believing. I want to be faithful. It also means, the name Jephthah also means to open or release. Fascinating. Some of you need an opening or a release in your life already. You've heard this. This isn't very scriptural, but this is something we say around here is, man, something's got to give. Something's got to give. Something's got to give in and go and flow through. Something's got to give here. So this guy was controversial, but his name meant one whom God has set free or one who breaks through. Hmm. So everybody has a background or a past. Everybody has something from their past they're not, they're not proud of. You could question me about that. And I may tell you some of the things, and some of the things I just may not tell you at all because it's between me and God and my wife, or it's between me and God. Everybody has something in their past. Maybe you have something going on right now you're not proud of. And today I'm believing that God is going to give an opening and a release in your life, and he's going to break through for you. I believe God is going to heal your heart this morning. We've got time, and we're going to take our time today. We're going to take our liberty. So number one, from outcast to hero, we see that Jephthah had a controversial background. It was questionable. But Jesus did too, didn't he? Remember? Jesus was born to a virgin. And so you know he grew up, and we mentioned this in December, talking about the story of Mary, different Christmas stories, the first Noel Jesus had a questionable background, and even in John chapter 8, the Pharisees are saying, we know who our father is, who's your father? You think that just meant, oh, we, we're just throwing that back at you? No, they were saying he was illegitimate. They had heard that he was born to a virgin. They didn't believe that. Only the believers believed that. Only the disciples, only the ones who believed that God had come in the flesh, only they believed. So Jesus had a controversial background, and Jephthah had a controversial background. That means you can overcome yours. 
interesting that Pastor Jen was saying that. I was, ta- I was talking about our past a little bit here. You can't keep looking back going, yeah, but I, but I, but I was born into this. We were on welfare. We struggled. I was raised on the south side of town. I was raised on the south side of town. Oh, I was raised on the east side of town. I was, I, just, I was raised, man, in the poorest of poor, or whatever you're saying. It's my reason. It's, it's not an excuse. It's just the facts. No, are you going to stay stuck there? Are you going to move on? Everybody has something in their background they're not proud of. Or it made them less than privileged. Even rich folks say, man, they got money. They have no problems. No, they got all kinds of problems. Rich folks get divorced, too. You say, man, whether you like the president or not, that's between you and God, and that's between him and God. All right? He was elected legally or whatever. But he's been divorced a number of times, hasn't he? He has a past. Say, oh, man, he's less than, he's, I know, I know. That's between him and God. And he, but I'll say this. Even with President Trump's controversial background, you know who he surrounds himself with? Men and women of God. You can say it's for political reasons. You may not know why. You may not. You may almost hate him. But he has people like Jensen Franklin going to the White House to pray with him and pray over him. There's videos of him getting prayed over by people in the spirit, man, like praying over him. He surrounds himself with Christians. And despite the controversial background, guess who his vice president is? A guy that is just as Christian as you and me. Mike Pence. Mike Pence is a poster boy for Christian. He is. He even looks good. He looks like a believer. He looks like a believer, man, with his white hair. The guy's just, he and his wife, they're believers, and they get in trouble for being believers, and they get in trouble for their beliefs. So despite controversial background, you can keep moving forward. You can keep moving forward and stop making excuses. Number two, we see, my second point here is he was qualified by God to lead, to do something. Now, not everybody in here is going to say, Pastor Matt, you know what? I just, it's on my heart. I just want to lead. Not a, some people are freaked out by that term. Say, man, I, you know what? You are qu- called and qualified by God to do something, though, for him. You're called and qualified by God to do something. Just because you may not feel qualified to lead or that's not your time to lead yet, you're qualified to do something. And God has placed that in your heart already. And you know it. There's some of you in here that have not obeyed for Excuse the double negative for nothing. You already know what you should be doing. God's talking to you, and all you're doing is waiting and waiting and waiting. Why wait? But wait. No, for what? Till when? Can you imagine if I would have said, you're going to love this, Mr. Case. Can you imagine if I would have said, man, I look so much better with hair. Had I had hair, I would have ministered the gospel. My hair's fallen out. I can't stand in front of people anymore. I just can't do it anymore. People will use anything. They'll use anything. Oh, I can't. I have blemishes on my face. I can't stand in public and do that. I have, you know, I, have a, I had a bad reputation. You know what? God is taking you to the next place. And I, wanna, I want you to know that God has qualified you to lead or to do something today. Just like Jephthah. He's qualified you to do something. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. What are you waiting for? Okay? It was already known that he was a warrior and a leader. And you're about to see why here. We're going to read the text. He was also a good communicator. You're about to see this. So let's go to Judges chapter 11, verse 4. And look what it says here. At about this time, the Ammonites began their war against Israel. So we see that Jephthah was 
hanging out with his worthless rebels, all right, in the land of Tob. And at this time, the Ammonites, they were oppressing Israel. Israel had fallen away from God. They cried out to him, but uh, they, were, they were worshiping idols again, just as their history went. Verse 5, when the Ammonites attacked, the elders of Gilead sent for who? Guess who they sent for? Isn't that interesting? Jephthah. Somebody was like, this dude's bad. And he, you guys remember on the streets back in the day? He said, man, he can fight. Oh, this dude can hold his own. He's, he's tough. They must have run him off. I don't know how they got him to run off if he was such a warrior. He just said, you know what? I'm just sick of y'all. Bye. I'm going to go to my own place. Because the land of Tob, according to Scripture, was a nice place. All right? But when the Ammonites attacked, all of a sudden the elders of Gilead sent for Jephthah in the land of Tob. The elders said, verse 6, come and be our commander. Help us fight the Ammonites. Boy, they had to eat humble pie, didn't they? Huh. This is interesting. And I'm going to tell you right now, those of you who said, man, I felt like an outcast. I was insecure. I felt rejected. God's calling you back. And those who have detracted from you and spoken ill of you, now that you're serving God, they're going to have to eat humble pie. I believe that. There's going to be people around you that got it. They're going to go, man, I, they've been talking bad about you, but guess what? They're going to come to you and go, hey, would you pray for me? You ever had that? I've had people that were funky with me, didn't treat me right, didn't respect me, and they said, hey, man, I know God's with you. God hears your prayers. Would you pray for me? Okay. But Jephthah, see, he called him out. Look at verse 7. He says, aren't you the ones who hated me and drove me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? I like this translation. It's so contemporary. Why are you coming to me now? Verse 8. Oh, man, they're not done. They're fighting for their lives here, literally. Because we need you, the elders replied. If you lead us in battle against the Ammonites, we will make you ruler over all the people of Gilead. Wow, and one day the guy was kicked out. He was controversial. He, he was shrouded in controversy. He had a background. He had a past. They would rejected him. He probably struggled with low self-esteem and rejection. All of a sudden they said, if you'll come and do this for us, we know you're a warrior. You can lead all of us. You can be our leader. Really? We'll make you ruler over all the people of Gilead. Verse 9, Jephthah said to the elders, let me get this straight. This is so contemporary, right? Let me get this straight. If I come with you, and if the Lord gives me victory over the Ammonites, will you really make me ruler over all the people? He's a good com communicator, isn't he? He's not leaving anything to chance. He's not only a warrior and a leader, he's a communicator. He didn't just show up and go, okay, guys, here I am. What, what do we do? He called them out. Not that you need to call them out every time, all right? There's times people have come to ask me for prayer. Hey, wh what do you do? Oh, yeah, but you should. No. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray, man. But he's communicating back and forth. If I come with you, and if the Lord gives me victory over the Ammonites, will you really make me ruler over all the people? Verse 10, the Lord is our witness, <laughs> the elders replied. We promise to do whatever you say. Verse 11, so Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him their ruler and commander of the army. Just like that. I don't know if it was a few days' time, but seemingly overnight, he went from outcast. All of a sudden, they're, they're giving him a chance to be a hero here. At Mitzpah, in the presence of the Lord, Jephthah repeated what he had said to the elders. elders. Verse 12. When Jephthah, then Jephthah sent messengers to the king of Ammon asking, Why have you come out to fight against my land? So, we see that he can lead. 
They're saying he's a great warrior. We haven't seen him in battle yet. We just knew he was leading some worthless rebels. We're about to find out if he's great in battle. But he responds to the elders of Gilead, says, okay, if you promise, all right, I'm there. They swore him in before the Lord, basically. And then what does he do? Does he hesitate? Five days later, ten days later, no. Verse 12, he says, he sent messengers to the king of Ammon saying, why have you come out to fight against my land? I love how all of a sudden he's back in the land, and in that moment he's already taking ownership. It's my land. I like that. Walk into and step into the position that God has given you. Walk into, I hear some music. If that's in here, let's turn it off. Is that? Thank you. Let's turn that, let's put that on silent. I have good ears, man. I can't see real well. I have to wear contacts, and I don't have good hair, but I have good ears. <laughs> Not because they stick out either. Don't be distracted. Don't rush to judgment. But the angle does help. The angle does help. So here's what I'm saying. If God has called you into something, take ownership for heaven's sake. Don't keep putting it off on other people. You can delegate, yes. We do that. We do that here at Kingsgate and Centro Victoria. We delegate. Sure, we have to. There's staff and we delegate and do, get stuff done. But what has God called you to do? Take ownership of it. Don't keep waiting. I love it how he was called back and immediately he said, basically, why are you attacking my land? This is my land. It's like you, first day of a job, going, why is my office dirty? Why doesn't my office have internet? Why is my office leaking right over my desk, right? Ownership. Why? Why have you come out to fight against my land? Wow, I love that. He's qualified by God to lead, and he immediately steps in the role. As soon as he's given authority, he takes it. He takes it by the reins, by the horns, and he says, why are you attacking my land? Number three. This leads us to our next point. He'd been an outcast. He'd been rejected. He'd been controversial. But somehow, somebody educated him, or he studied up or something. He was wise and informed. Because right off, we're going to see here, look, look, at verse, uh, look at verse 13. The king of Ammon answered Jephthah's messengers. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they stole my land from the Arnon River to the Jabbok River and all the way to the Jordan. Now then, give back the land peaceably. I'm not going to read you all of this because it's quite, it's a few, it's a number of paragraphs. It's like a five-paragraph essay. But Jephthah was wise and informed. He gave them a great answer despite who his mama was. Despite the fact that his brothers had run him off. Despite the fact that he'd been disadvantaged. He immediately gave him a wise answer and goes, oh, no, 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 no. Y'all can read this later. He says, you don't know your history. We tried to come through these lands and these kings and your ancestors wouldn't let us come around. And that was 350 years ago. And we've been living here. And here's the real facts. You guys need to learn your history in God. You need to learn your history in God. You say, man, I can't, I don't read very well. No, you can hear it on a smartphone. You can come to church faithfully, and you can hear it, and you can learn, you can ask questions. People are misquoting the Bible. They always do it out, out in the secular realm. They misquote the Bible. They may know one or two verses out of context, and they use them all the time, and they use them wrong. And it's like, that is the sword of the Spirit. Put that up. You're going to cut yourself. You don't even know how to use that. Put that away. You're going to hurt yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. 
And when you as believers, you run around and, and bump into family members, and they're trying to quote Scripture to you, and they don't know the Word, I'm not saying get into arguments with people, but know the history of God, know His Word, know who He is, know what you believe. Know where you stand and where you came from, even if you got imperfections and flaws and mistakes and sins in your past. Today is today. Today is right now. It's right now. So know what you're talking about. Yeah, if people want to talk to me about abortion, I've got some great answers for them. I've got great answers. I've been studying my whole life. Don't, tell, don't drop that word on me, empowering. That, what does that mean, empowering? What does that mean? No, I know there's factors. I know and there's rape and incest and different things. But let's really talk about abortion itself. Forget kids and babies. Some guy told me this yesterday. Blew my mind. He's walking through the alley. He's my neighbor. He's talking to me. He says, why are we making children pay for the sins of the fathers? I don't even know if he's a believer. I went, oh, my gosh, that's good. <laughs> Keep talking, brother. You're an amazing, man. God's speaking to me right now. I, I had no pen. I was just outside freezing, man, trying to listen to him. Wow. Know the facts. But beyond the facts, let me be real. I don't think facts is the proper shade or that's not the proper use of the semantics there. Know the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So be wise and informed, despite who your mama was, despite who your dad is, or despite your path, despite the fact that he was banished. No excuses. Know the word and understand the times. You know what 1 Peter 3.15 says? We don't need to go there. It says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. 1 Peter 3.15. Be able to defend your faith, defend how you believe. People were like, why do you have hope? I'm hopeless. Well, because Jesus saved me, and here's why. My life has changed. Basic stuff. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you, 1 Peter 3.15. So he was wise and informed, and he knew the history of his people. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm speaking to the whole of the United States of America. Part of the reason that our freedom is being attacked, and part of the reason babies are being attacked, and part of the reason different aspects of our lives and, and culture and belief systems are being attacked is because people do not know our history. They don't know what kind of country this was or is or should be. They don't know what we were founded upon. This guy knew the history of his people, and he quoted it to them. For years, ever since I was a kid, I would read that, and I was like, man, this dude just got kicked. He was kicked out of Gilead, he had to go live somewhere else, but he knew the history of the people that rejected him. He knew. Be wise and informed like Jephthah, going from outcast to hero. And number four, number four today, he was determined. Determined. He accomplished what was necessary and what had to happen. Despite its difficulty, once again, there's that despite again, Despite his difficulty, he moved toward the problem and solved it. Let's go to verse 32 of that same chapter. 11.32. And it says here, So Jephthah led his army against the Ammonites, and the Lord gave him what? Victory. Wow. A big win. Verse 33, I love how this is phrased in this translation. He crushed the Ammonites devastating about 20 towns from Aror to an area near Meneth and as far away as abel Karamim. In this way, Israel defeated the Ammonites. He crushed the Ammonites and devastated about 20 of their towns. All of a sudden, the Ammonites are done. 
and it was a controversial guy who had been kicked out, who had a questionable past. But the guy, it's crazy, you even study more on him, and he feared God because he makes a vow to God. I'm not going to get into all that because it's an interesting story. He actually makes a vow to God that if you'll deliver, deliver these people to me and give me the victory, I will give you something. I'm not going to go into that because it will just throw you off. That's a whole other story. It wasn't a real wise vow. But he knew who God was, and he trusted God, and he called on God, even though his background was questionable. And despite everything, once again, he was qualified, he was wise and informed, and he was determined. Hmm. He moved toward the problem, and he solved it. That's what I want you to do today as we bow our heads.